Welcome, Rink Rats, to this Blackhawks Hockey Rinkcast, episode 37, exclusively sponsored by the premium hockey outfitters at puckhockey.com. That's P U C K H C K Y.com. Discount code The Rink. Uh, I displayed some of my rink wear yesterday as I watched the Blackhawks get blasted at home. But I look good doing it. And uh, <laughs> I didn't I did bring the flannel out. I actually I, I tried it on and I was like, this is too warm for me. So oh, that uh, flannel rules. Yeah, I mean, wear it outside would be really nice. But, it's the best. Yeah. So anyway, use that discount code the rink to get all your winter hockey swag from puck hockey. So, moving on, uh, today is Wednesday, November 28th, 2018. I'm Jeff Osborne, better known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. What's up, jerks? Uh, I'm joined here by my good friend, co-host, and fellow grumpy old guy, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello. Hey, how are you? Got my uh, got my rink blue flex baseball cap on for this fine rink cast occasion. You big goof. Yeah. Oh, so we're all dressed up here. Yeah. <laughs> and lipstick on a pig, as they say. I heard that term today uh, on a podcast. I heard that. So that's funny. This is the, probably the first time in my life I've heard that expression twice in one day. Well, it could be. There could be some meaning to that, some significance. I don't know what it is, but. Well, and right there is why we are your most trusted sources. It's your favorite online hangout, the-rink.com. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So um, I, I want to say something non-Blackhawks related uh, right before we get started. Uh, the Chicago Steel, they're having a special thing, uh, like charity thing this weekend, uh, Friday night. Uh, they're they're going to have these uniquely painted helmets that are going to be auctioned off, and it's to support a cancer charity or it's it's like an art charity uh that way for uh that provides art supplies to cancer children so if you can make it out there and bid on the helmets you know our uh the newest team we're covering which you know ray has been doing a great job with they're going to be having this big event and it's it's very important to them so if you can make your way out there i will actually be there i'm gonna go so so there could be they literally could have millions of people there now see what you did <laughs> i know yeah you know anytime i announce i go anywhere uh no one ever responds so what are you gonna do <laughs> so uh that being said uh let's get into you know what's going on in blackhawks land i mean uh we'll start with the the, the thing that comes freshest to mind which is last night's sour loss to the vegas golden knights uh i was there in person uh it was ugly <laughs> honestly i mean just being there i mean first of all it was an early start and the place was really empty i mean there was uh, at least i would say at least a third of the seats were empty um you know they, they weren't there early and they weren't there late and then the blackhawks basically give up the lead just minutes into the game and uh it looks like they had tied it and it gets overturned and it went all downhill from there by the uh i, I think like the 12 minute mark of the third period like eight thousand people got up and walked out <laughs> yeah I, I i mean like the the last uh 
seven minutes at a game, you could just get up out of your seat in a 300 level, which I did walk down to the 100 level and went and sat down there for a little while just because I want to get my money's worth of some kind of entertainment for the night. So anyway, what did you think of the game? Uh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, um, I, I've revised my expectations, um, you know, game to game for this team, because I really believe they are transitioning now into more of a rebuild mode. I think that the Schmaltz trade, which I know we're going to talk about at some length in this ringcast, but to me, the Schmaltz trade kind of really sort of said, you know, yeah, they're, they're transitioning now. And, uh, you know, cause I don't think they would have traded Schmaltz at the beginning of the season. So there's a couple things that, that probably happened. One is they soured on Schmaltz and, then number two, they decided that, you know, it, it wasn't worth holding on to him in terms of, you know, vaulting this roster forward this year. And then, and, you know, they invested a couple of, you know, marginally younger guys um, who, you know, one of whom may have as much upside as Schmaltz um, on the score sheet, um, but uh, probably needs a little more development to get there at this point. And um, so it's it's going to be I mean game to game it's going to be looking for improvement in individual young players, um, you know looking to see how Taves and Saad and some of the other you know veterans who may still be around when when all the dust settles, you know assimilate with these younger guys you know how the relationships Colton develops I mean, you know looking for those individual bright spots because I think overall the team's gonna gonna suck the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I think it's safe to say that. Yeah, it was just like they, they they showed nothing. They they showed no heart. They were like gutless out there. It was like they were zombies. Uh, yep, good way of describing it. And really, and, and I noticed it from like the first goal they gave up. Uh, they just looked like zombies. And Crow had the bad turnover, and that it it, they, it looked like they didn't even try on that play. And uh, you know, by the end of the game, they, I don't know. It it looked bad. It looked really bad. And I think we have what three shots in the third period or something, which uh, you know if you're really yeah. if you're really trying to make it look respectable, more you need more than three shots. But uh, I mean, there were, if you want to call them bright spots, um, you know, Strom scored uh, or got two points. Yeah, two points actually. I think uh, you know Perlini looked okay, uh, nothing special. Uh, you know, your boy, I thought Fortin, you know, had a decent, okay game. Yeah. Uh, he, he seemed to be, you know, around the puck. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he does that, you know, and I mean, he's, he's great in the forecheck and, you know, he's always a threat for a stretch pass. Um, you know, it, that's, that's his game right yeah. now, you know. You know, then I had a couple times I saw, you know, Saad looked good. No one really looked good on defense. Uh, right. It, they just didn't. Uh, Crawford looked off his angles a little bit. I don't yep. know why they let him stay in as long as they did. Uh, but yep. you know, I it, by the time uh, it came to the second intermission, you know, I said uh, I would. You know, I'm like I would have been completely shocked if Crawford would have came out and played that period because it would have made no sense. Yeah. So they fed Ward to the Lions. Yeah, they did. He did. Oh, he started Lord. to look okay, but then it just went all downhill. Yeah, you know, it was like he was fresh enough to to, to stop those shots, and then all of a sudden, once one went in, there yeah. are the floodgates. So, 
anyway, well, you know, I, I was listening to the post game show on the way home. And, uh, I mean, you could tell that Colleton's a little frustrated. Uh, he, he, from, from the video I saw today, uh, he looks like he's, you know, slept it off a little bit, but you know, you could tell yesterday he was frustrated. They're asking him some weird questions and, you know, what's your confidence like and trying to get him to trying to trip him up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he, he navigates the water pretty well in an interview. So, you know, yeah, I don't, he doesn't strike me as being a dumb guy, No, you know? Um, and I, hopefully he understands the hand he's been dealt and, you know, it's a great opportunity for a 33 year old, you know, I've been thinking about that whole Colton situation too. I mean, you know, you don't hire a guy like that to, to coach a team of, you know, three Stanley cup, you know, winning veterans, um, you hire a guy like that to coach young players. And I think that the, uh, the Schmaltz move was, you know, going more in that direction. And, um, you know, I, I, quite honestly, I think, you know, and we're, we'll talk about this some more too, you know, subsequent trades they're going to make, and they probably are going to make them. Um, you know, I think you're going to see more swapping out, you know, older players for, for much younger players, really young players. Um, cause those are the guys that Colton has a track record of doing well with, um, you know, but this, this, this NHL roster in total, as it's composed right now, that, that's a, that's a really, that's a tough one for him. And, and I, I don't know, I just watching the game last night that just the looks on some of the faces of the veterans. Yeah. Some of these guys are starting to check out, you know, Yeah. and you can't blame them. I mean, I don't, you know, there are probably people out there are going to say, what a bunch of bums they're being paid $10 million a year. Yeah, it's true. You know, but they're, you know, their 10 million is like a hundred thousand to a lot of us. And, and, uh, not saying it's right, but it, it's how it is. And, and, you know, these guys are used to winning. They're used, they're used to being the bad boys on the block and now they're the doormats and it's happened fast, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, Gate, if you picked up that question we got today about Kane and, you know, Kane's, you know, desire to still want to win and, you know, be productive and winning in, in the last couple of years of the prime of his career. Man, that's a valid question. It really is. No, I didn't see that one, but we can answer it. Yeah. Yeah. But so anyway. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, um, well, with with the game kind of went hand in hand uh, just previous to that Sunday night, the Blackhawks decided they're going to you know, announce a trade. So um, they did. They traded Nick Schmaltz to Arizona for Dylan Strom and Brendan Perlini, which we kind of talked about before. Uh, I don't, you know, I guess every trade surprises me a little bit, you know, just because you never know if it's going to happen. But uh, I, I think there's that little the little party that, that uh, gives you a jolt inside when you have one of those trades kind of just get you out of the blue. Well, this one was one of those that was completely like that. I mean, uh, doing it like nine o'clock on a Sunday night, I think it was, uh, that was yeah. pretty brutal, but, um, don't Strom, former, uh, you know, third overall pick Perlini's what a uh, former 12th overall pick. I thought Perlini was late first round, like sort of more in the, like the twenties, right. but I could be wrong. Let me look. I thought it was 14th, 12th overall. Yeah. Yeah. 12th oh. overall in 2014. You know, I I I think that um, only you know hockey junkies with no life could give you know could give you in Chicago could give you a you know a really nuanced detailed scouting report on Strom and Perlini. 
Um, I know Perlini's a guy that the Hawks liked um, in his draft year when when the, I believe the Hawks were picking much later in the first, and maybe that's why I thought he went in the 20s. Oh, that's the year um, they picked Schmaltz. Yeah. <laughs> At oh, 20. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing I liked about Strom last night was, you know, where he got his goal. It was right in front of the net. It wasn't pretty, but he was there, you know, and and, and he looks like he weighs about, 175 pounds you know he does not look he's not doesn't look physically mature but you know he was v- extremely productive in junior and st- extremely productive playing with the brinket on the same line um and uh you know he he has a scorer's mentality um he, they say he's got a great shot i have n- again i haven't seen enough of him to to say yes he's got a great shot but that's the scouting report on him um you know, I like the way he protected the puck last night in the offensive zone, used his body to shield the puck um, and uh, to cycle. Um, so those are all, you know, those are all really good signs. I, I don't think I, I don't think the guy's going to be a bum. I think I think he's going to, um, you know, work at it and uh, we'll see how good of a player he ends up being. Um, I think he'll make a contribution. And Perlini. He he I mean, he stood out last night to me for his size and skating and uh um, you know, he, he looks like a guy who could, could make a, uh, you know, leave a mark physically out there. And apparently he can score a little bit too. Yeah. So, that, yeah. That was uh Perlini. That was the fourth, the 12th overall, the same, uh, same year they drafted, uh, Schmaltz. Yeah. I don't know if you were confused. I, if I was confused there on that one, um, yeah. the next year was the year when Strom was drafted third overall. It was, you know, McDavid, Eichel, Strom, Marner, Hannafin. Uh, that's some pretty good players right there. Zaka, Provorov, Wierenski, Timo yeah. Meyer, Mikko Rantanen. I mean, that that's a solid top 10 there. And yeah. Dylan Strom's number three. Yeah, you know, again, um, it's funny because there were, I mean, there are guys and, you know, frankly, some guys we know and, and like and trust were talking about, you know, Strom's already a bust at 21. And I, I don't know. Um, he does, I he does look he looks a little slow afoot, but that hasn't stopped some guys from being pretty productive NHL players, you know, at the center position, like Jason Spezza comes to mind and some others. And, uh, you know, I, I again, I, I have a feeling he's going to be, he's going to be fine. How good he's going to be remains to be seen. And probably at the end of the day, that'll be the, the, you know, the thing that this trade is judged on. But as I said, in the, in my analysis on the trade, I think that it picked up two, fairly legitimate NHL players for, for one fairly legitimate NHL player. And, uh, um, and these guys are young and they're, they're both Schmaltz's age or younger. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what we've been saying. We want Bowman to go out and get young, really young players or prospects with upside. Um, I, I wasn't totally surprised when Schmaltz was traded. The other thing I'll say about it too, is, you know, we we kind of always felt like joked or you know lamented the fact that Schmaltz seemed like he was a favorite of Bowman. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe maybe the you know pulling up on on plays in order to avoid contact. Um, you know, some some of the stuff that Eddie Olchek was calling out on the broadcast and with fairly regularly. I mean, maybe maybe that would they just they they said you know what we're not going to tolerate this and this guy's gone. Um, and call me a hard ass. I, I support that. I think, I think that you can't, you can't tolerate that in a game like hockey. Maybe he figures it out somewhere else and he, he gets that, you know, the light goes on and he starts playing, you know, big boy hockey. But 
kind of the last couple of years in Chicago, it's become more and more obvious that he he wanted he didn't want any contact, doesn't like being around the net. He's he's a beautiful skater, no question about it. And he's got a fine head of flowing hair, flowing and lustrous. But, <laughs> he looks uh, like he's one of the Jersey Shore, though. <laughs> right, <laughs> smoking Nick, and but you know, the bottom Sm- line is smoking the situation, Nick. <laughs> Go well, ahead. That tantalizing talent and finesse that, you know, made people go ooh and ah. I mean, uh, and it's there. There's no question. He's got he's got great natural talent. But talent, you know, it's like Mike, Mike Emmerich said it. You know, if your hands are in the game but your heart isn't, hockey's really tough on you. And it's true. So, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see uh, how these other guys do. But I think they got a couple of nice pieces to, to build on here and, you know, guys with some upside and uh, – I think it also signals that that Bowman is is going to do some reengineering, and so far so good. Yeah, we'll let's see how the, how how long how well this goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, he's tw- uh, Strom by by uh, by he. I mean Strom. He's still young. I mean. He was number three in a really good draft. If you go through yeah. that, that draft, uh, you look at the names in the I mean, you go down. It is a really good draft. I mean, you're still getting really good players, like all the way to, to the late uh, late picks of the first round. And, uh, you know, you don't get to that spot by being a terrible player. Now, maybe he still needs to figure something out, but... I don't know if at 21 you can call a guy a, a bust. No, I don't think I don't think he can. The other thing is, is just looking at the guy. Yeah. Physically, I don't think he's really matured yet, and uh, he's six foot three, and you know if he if it, when he sort of grows into his body a little bit, and and um, I don't know, I think he could be a really effective, um, you know, more of a of a cycle type of, of player. He's not not going to ever be an electrifying skater. I, like I said, just watching him last night, I like the way he used his body to protect the puck. I like the fact that he got his goal in traffic right in front of the net. Um, he, he doesn't seem uh, afraid at all. And uh, like I, you know, and and the scouting report is he's got a great shot, not afraid to use it, and he can set he can set plays up too. You know, and I I don't even I'm not even going to pretend to know who exactly he was playing with in Arizona. But if they're playing with the Brinkett, he's going to be playing with a guy. If he gets him the puck, he's there. They're going to get some points. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and, and even yesterday, like he was shooting the puck, which is yeah. something that Schmaltz was refusing to do right. for whatever reason. Because you know, I don't know what was going through his head, but uh, you know, they need more people that are going to shoot the puck and get some shots on net and score some goals, pick up some rebounds, do some dirty work, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't know what his faceoff numbers were last night, but I mean his faceoff numbers so far bad. in the NHL are 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 astoundingly good, yeah. and that that's also going to help Taves a ton. It take you know just someone else to take that faceoff burden in a lot of situations off of him. Um, that historically has helped Taves' game, and so that again that that's a that could be a nice sort of systemic you know bump for the team from this trade. Um, and, uh, you know, Perlini, I think over time, if not right away, is going to be an upgrade over Chris Kunitz. Oh, and, God. Uh, yeah. You know, anyone um, is. 
By the way, Perlini is, has gotten the first line audition. I guess they they bumped Big John Stud down in practice, and uh, they put yeah. Perlini up there with Sod and Taves. So yeah. he's he's going to get every opportunity. Yeah, well. It's just a game, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, Perlini was uh, four picks after William Nylander. Yeah. Three picks yeah. after Nikolai Ehler. Uh, Kevin Fiala, uh, Dylan Larkin all in there. Yeah, that's. I it. think Perlini could be a Fiala type player. Yeah, I well, mean, if I think about a comparable, that's that's you know they're both I mean, still Fiala's young made players. It more of a name for himself already, but uh, you know Perlini's got the size. He's a good skater and he plays with an edge. You know, and, yeah. and that's that's Fiala. Yeah, I I I I think two you know serviceable top nine players for a guy who was a top nine player. Um. It, if you think maybe last year was a kind of a, a, you know, a weird year for Schmaltz or an anomaly or something, and maybe he's not going to be that sixty-point player or, or whatever. I I don't know. Yeah, you know the other thing too, and this is one man's opinion, but, um, uh, you know, a a true center, a guy who can really play the center position and do all the things you need a center to do, in my opinion, all else being equal. Mm-hmm. Is is has more value than a wing because wings are more dime a dozen type players. A lot of guys can play wing, not that many guys can play center. So that's the other thing because Schmaltz did not really show, aside from you know his 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 um, ability to recognize plays and 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 set up, he could do that, but he just didn't seem comfortable playing in that rectangle in the center of the ice, that vertical rectangle that centers need to play in, you know, around the net. Um, and matching up physically with opposing centers and faceoffs, he just the, all those were areas where he really, you know, wasn't really playing like a center. So that's the other thing about this trade. I think you know it's a plus for the Hawks. Um, now it could be that Arizona thinks that they can develop Schmaltz as a center, and and um, they have the time to do that. We'll see. You know, I think the Hawks tried over and over again. This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> no, man. No. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we, we, I guess we can't really beat this thing into the ground because it is what it is. So, you know, Hey, we'll, we'll see what it, I'm, you know, optimistic about it. They got two, you know, former first round high first round draft picks, uh, still young, still got a little bit in them. And, uh, you know, they gave up one, uh, that was questionable and seemed soft and seemed like it might be a head case. So I'm cool with it. I'm fine with it. Yeah. And we'll see. Yeah, I'm moderately fine with it now, and I may be majorly fine with it later. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we'll see. So, well, with 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 those trades, um, you know, there's speculation now that um, possibly uh, some trades may be happening. Uh, you were hearing some things, I think. So, uh, why don't you cue, so I got cue a, I got a note last night from somebody I know, um, and. Uh, they mentioned that they had been hearing um, quite a bit about Brent Seabrook being dealt by the first of the year. And, um, you know, I, uh, I did a little digging around on it today and heard back from another source who I trust and who has provided good information in the past, including the, you know, he was the one who tipped me on Ryan Hartman getting dealt last year um, uh, that we reported on extensively on the rink long before many others did, if any, you know, before anybody else. Um, and, uh, don't listen to that guy, man. <laughs> Pardon me? I said, don't listen to that guy, man. 
Yeah, right, man. <laughs> Over um, the line! <laughs> Go. But this guy, this guy said that he had not heard anything about Seabrook and that, you know, his his intel is that the contract remains, you know, an albatross in terms of dealing him. Um, so that's the thing about rumors. You you, you really got to dig before you decide that something's definitely going to happen. And otherwise, it's just it's just talk and and conversations that may that may be happening, but doesn't mean that a trade's going to happen. Right. So a couple other things that I have heard, um, I heard something that sounded like it was about Corey Crawford last night. Um, and then my source today said, yes, that there um, are conversations about Crawford. There's interest in Crawford, uh, potentially from one or two Eastern Conference teams, including potentially the Islanders and also the Calgary Flames in the West. Um, but again, I don't know how recent these these conversations are. You'd have to think in light of his injury history and recent comeback from injury that that would that it would be more um, recent. But I didn't get clarity on that. Um, the other thing I heard was that uh, Artem Anisimov's name has come up in connection with the Pittsburgh Penguins quite a bit. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would be a nice contract to get off the books because uh, they really don't know what to do with Anisimov now that they just acquired a much younger, slightly quicker, uh, big yeah. second line center, which is yeah. where he was at. Uh, so, I mean, he's going to be the next Anisimov if they, if everything goes the way they want it to go or even better. I think they would take a box of tape to get rid of Anisimov's contract. Yeah. So, you know? um, so I wouldn't expect a big return there. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be some Jamoke from West Meadows, I think. Because <laughs> the whole world gone crazy! <laughs> um. Well, I was I, I just threw this out this morning, and it was only because I was listening uh, to Frank Saravelli, uh, one of the uh, writer. I think he's TSN. I think he's from TSN. He was on the PDO cast, and he was talking about it. And they, they were kind of talking about it. they didn't know what was going on with Philly, and you know uh, they 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 have this weird period where Carter Hart isn't quite ready yet, but they got these other dopes with uh, Brian Elliott and uh, Michael Neuverth. Neither one of them can stay healthy. And, and on this whole thing. So they need kind of like a two year window where, um, you know, they had another goalie and, and they, you know, it wouldn't be smart to sign like Bobrovsky or anything like that. Cause they're going to want longer term. And I started thinking in my head, what would be a, you know, an ideal situation sending Crawford to an Eastern conference team. And they're a team who could use a year and a half of Corey Crawford to usher in the next court, you know, cart, not Corey, Corey Hart wore my sunglasses at night. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carter Hart. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> oh, God. This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> this aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I just thought it would make sense uh, if the Flyers actually had a GM, if the yeah, Blackhawks could that. get, you know, the the Philly can send back one of their dumbass goalies, whichever one. It doesn't really matter. That's not the point. But you might be able to get like a, you know, I don't know, their first round draft pick this year, or you know, a a highly rated, uh, maybe not their best prospect, but a highly rated prospect in their system, and then we'll take you know one of those dopey goalies off off your hands too. Something like that may be re- maybe a reasonable thing. So I mean, you know, that would make sense. Yeah, and if it's Calgary, we'll probably get a dopey goalie back from them too. And um, <laughs> if I even have to mention his name, um, yeah, you never know. I mean, um, you know, uh, 
I don't know. I wouldn't even rule out Ottawa, you know, because, um, um, again, they have a goalie, a starting goalie they could send back who's making like that Anderson is making like four and a half million a year, um, I think, for another couple of years. So I don't know. Um, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. So, well, you know, I, I, I really honestly think that uh, it's not because I think people are going to get the wrong impression that because we say this trade should happen means we don't like the player. You know, right. And it's not right. that's not the case at all. I think that and I've explained this several times, several different ways. Uh, it's silly to just waste his career here in this right. you know, rebuild, reset, whatever. They're not going to win the cup in this contract cycle for him. So, you know what? If you love Corey Crawford, you want to bring him back after this contract's up. Sign him to a three million dollar or two million, you know, contract to write out his career playing for the Blackhawks. But for the next year and a half, you could get some assets back by shipping him off right. for a little while. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, it only <clears throat> that and, and, uh, you know, you've, we've talked about for a while, Duncan Keith. I mean, uh, the great Chris block. We, I saw, I met yesterday. Um, he was talking about that, that he thought that they should have, uh, you know, traded Keith at some point. And, uh, you know, it, it would make sense. Uh, there was, despite what the goofy uh, Toronto fans that came uh, out of the woodwork today on Twitter said, um, well, some of it was craziness, but, um, you know, I think they could use a Duncan Keith on their blue line. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I, that's, here's the thing. I mean, I, I mean and I'm not blaming Duncan Keith. I mean, Duncan yeah. Keith, to me, like he ascended to godlike status in the 2015 Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, the guy was just completely insane. He was so good, and he carried the Hawks through so many difficult situations throughout those playoffs. And you know, won the Smythe. And um, you know, he's not that far removed from that number one. Yeah, he's 35 years old, but he's in outstanding physical condition. Uh, Keith is he's like Jonathan Taves, like Corey Crawford. He's an extremely competitive guy. Um, you know, he's been playing with a rookie who, you know, Yoki Haru gets a lot of credit and 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 deservedly so for a lot of things. But he makes mistakes, too. And, you know, it, it does affect Keith's game in some ways, having to kind of cover for a young guy and, and hold back in certain situations just to make sure that. You know, Yoki Haru is doing the right things, et cetera. And, and um, I think that um, I think a lot of teams are going to look at him at the at the deadline, probably maybe a lot, maybe just a handful who could use a veteran defenseman with the kind of experience Keith has to come in and play in their top four and arguably, you know, sort of be that guy that puts him over the top, at least on the blue line. Um, you know, the issue there is, and Jeff, you and I have talked about this, is the recapture penalty for the Hawks. But, you know, like you said before the call, it's, you know, what does Bowman have to lose? He's probably not going to be around when the recapture penalty kicks in anyway, if it happens. And, um, you know, if Keith were to retire, but uh, I, I got a feeling and he's only paid five and a half million a year. Yeah. Um, in you know, for I just I have a feeling that if he's if they're willing to move him at the deadline and, you know, he's had enough of this and wants a chance to win another cup before his career's over. Um, that's a, and I think the return would be fairly substantial at the deadline where it's a, it's totally a seller's market every year. Yeah. So, 
again, it's another player that you and I don't hate, but we think it would be reasonable to, you know, smart to trade him. It's a smart business move. Um, you know, uh, yeah. You know, and if any of these guys, like, like I was watching Crawford lead the ice after the second period last night. I mean, I was looking at his face and the yeah. look on his face was just, I mean, he's like, how did I get into this? You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe he was down on himself about the way he played, et cetera. But, um, the guys worked and worked and worked and worked to come back. And he's got this defense in front of him. That's awful. And it's probably throwing him off his game a little bit. He looked great when he came back, when he first came back, he looked great. And, uh, you know, again, I don't know his, you know, his, his wife and family are from Chicago and, and I, in the past, I think he's wanted to stay. Um, but who knows, you know, he, you know, he may want to win again too. I mean, this, this, this is not going to get easier this year for these guys it's going to get harder before it gets easier yeah well if you kind of think about it i mean he he worked so hard yeah to get back like whether it's just you know resting and relaxing that took a long time right you know yeah and uh he he did all that he worked so hard to get back and why would you work so hard to come back to not win you know uh you should you know he He's probably going to be like, I got this second, this last gasp of energy, you know, at the end of my career, you know, towards possibly the end of my career. Um, why not go out winning? So, um, yeah. yeah, you know, give it a shot. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I don't see him wanting to stay here and just get his butt beat, you know, every night for the next year until they can, you know, put put together a team in front of them or whatever. But I mean, hell, if you ask uh, Laz, he thinks that uh Bolkvist, uh Bodan and uh, Ian Mitchell are all going to be playing in the NHL next year. That'll be wonderful. <laughs> three three rookie defensemen and uh three know, a second year de- defenseman and Connor Murphy and Gustav Forsling. <laughs> Yeah, and Gus, you, gotta, you gotta factor Gus in there too because he's apparently a top three defenseman. Yeah. Um like, so oh God. Yeah, I mean that's just like you know, Bokvist clearly has really high end offensive talent and puck skill and, and um there's no question about it. But I mean I, I it's like you're gonna be losing ten like ten to five a lot of nights if in, in that scenario. I mean um, that's just ridiculous. And, um, give those guys an opportunity to develop. And at the same time, you know, build a, a sort of fully fleshed out defense core, um, that, you know, that includes not just, you know, five foot 10, 165 pound left side puck rushing defensemen. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to have, you've got to have some bigger guys. You've got to have some shot blockers. Um, you know, it's it just this all this e, you know EA Sports NHL twenty going on, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I found that funny. I'm like, okay. now another thing is going to annoy me, and I love Scott Powers. I want to preface this: I love Scott Powers, love him to death. I respect the hell guy. out of him. Very good guy. Always been super nice. Yep, uh, and everything. And but today he keeps with. He keeps kind of poking the bear, poking the the meatball bear, uh, <laughs> by mentioning you know he he I know he knows he's he's too smart not to that 
you know, he gets the fan base in a lather when he, when he mentions the name Panarin and and he did it again today, writes this whole article about how the word is that Panarin's agent says that if the Blackhawks were going to, would call, they would listen. That was it. Of course he, of course he, yeah, (laughs) that doesn't, that may be true. Which has got, it just drove people batshit crazy on the internet. It's, oh, Panarin's coming back. See, I told (laughs) you. I I know. Panarin's literally like catnip to the meatballs now. (laughs) You know? I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, so the agent, I don't, you know what? I don't think Scott is, is fabricating. I I would not surprise me at all if the agent said that because the agent, his job right now is to gin up as much of a market of demand for his player as possible. Folks understand that's where that statement is coming from. Sure. Of course they'll listen. They'll listen to any one of 30 NHL teams. However, there's a, there's some teams that they're going to listen to a lot harder because those are the teams where Artemi really wants to go to. I mean, yeah, he may have some, somewhat of an emotional attachment to, but you know, quite honestly, I'm going to be honest. You know, I see him playing Columbus. The Columbus team is really good this year. Um, you know, they may be a team that could go deep in the playoffs this year. Columbus wants to keep him around. Um, and you know, I just, again, and the other side, the other issue is, is you're going to, you're going to have to go out and pay big market value for him this summer, probably relatively overpay for him in light of what the market will be for him. Is that what the Hawks really need? Yeah, I know. And, um, and it's sometimes I got to preface things when I say them because people get sometimes offended. They're like, were you talking about me? Like, no, I wasn't. So Keith Schultz, <laughs> Keith know, Schultz, my boy, Keith Schultz. I am not, I'm not pointing you out here, uh, but you did say this cause it, it's public record. It's on Twitter, but like this, this, this theory that he's going to come back because he has some kind of chemistry with Patrick Kane drives me fucking crazy. Cause if he was to come back, this summer, there's like four players or five players of the entire team that he's even familiar with. So what chemistry, what chemistry are we talking about here with one player? He's not going to, he can't, you don't think he has chemistry with players in Columbus. Yeah. Any he team does. he plays on, he's going to have chemistry with. He's that he kind of player. He has chemistry with Dubois and he has chemistry with Atkinson. I mean, yeah. so it's, but if you want to go out and spend market value on a guy, who fills a, a gigundous need on this team, a gaping Mack truck sized hole on this team, go spend that kind of money on Eric Carlson. Yeah. Right. I mean, right side defenseman, yeah. better defensively than a lot of people give him credit for an absolute wizard with the puck. I mean, he's a young Duncan Keith who plays the right side Yeah, and, and um, go get him because that's what you need on this team. You need that kind of player. Yeah. on defense. Yeah. I mean, the um, Blackhawks can score, you know, when they have possession and then get the puck out of their own damn zone, they can score. Yeah. They have guys yeah. that can score. Taze can score. Sides can score. Kane can score. Uh, you know, DeBrinca can score. Now Strom can score. Perlini, he's got a scoring touch to him. Uh, yeah. you know, Fortin, uh, Sakura, whatever someday. Maybe Did you mentioned Sad because Sad yeah. scored 30 yeah. goals in a season before. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they have guys that can score goals. They have wings that can score goals. That's not the problem, you right. know. 
So, you know, address a need. Don't fix something that isn't broken and to, you know, to hide some other glaring hole that you have on your team because that clearly has not worked. So, I don't know. You know, that's... And, and do you really want to be paying three guys on your team like a combined $35 million or something? Like, yeah. That's idiotic. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. already... How many, you know... How many people are trade, you know, Kane and Taves? You got to trade them because, you know, they signed those contracts that are way too long and it's hurting the Hawks. You're saying that about Taves. That's going to be Panarin in two years. Yeah. Panarin's going to be around the age that Kane is right now. You know, he's he's only a couple years behind Kane. So it's going to be the same thing all over again. And it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, make any sense. They can, you know, and they could, let's say, let's say they, they were able to sign Panarin fine. As long as you've got the money and let's, let's just, but, but again, if they're going to, if they're going to clear cap, cap space by trading veterans, um, I just, I don't know. I don't see Panarin, you know, wanting to come into a full rebuild situation. He wants to, he's going to want to go someplace and win right away. Yeah. And anybody thinking that he's going to come in and win right away in Chicago next year is high. That's what I said. I said he's yeah. not going to also want to go sign this long contract with this team that's in complete disarray and looks like a mess. Doesn't have it seem doesn't seem to have any direction. Seems to be built like with chewing gum and you know paper clips. Yeah, and that's what you that that that's your big dream. Come back to the cold Chicago. How about go to the warm coast and go to L.A. or something. Well, and that's that's what I that's what I keep hearing is that he wants to be on one of the coasts or Florida, um, and um, you know, again, probably if he couldn't go to the coasts or Florida, then maybe then maybe Chicago would be the you know the third tier where he'd want to go or stay in Columbus where he's got some some history and and some chemistry. But um, I don't know, I don't see that. And you know, people could sit, come back and say, well, why would why would um, Carlson want to come here. Wouldn't he want to win right away too? Yeah. The only thing I'd say about that is, is that's one of those situations where his coming to a team like the Hawks, assuming, you know, the Hawks are work some other stuff out. Um, you know, he, he adds so much to the roster that I think I personally, I think it would be a better fit. Um, but you never know. Yeah. A lot of teams are going to be after him too. Yeah. Right. I mean, he, he's later in his career. He's in a different, you know, Panarin's trying to hit, you know, hit the, uh, hit the prime of his career with, you know, the prime of wherever he's going to be playing, which is probably what he should do. Right. That's not going to happen here. I mean, no. they're, they're at least two, um, three away two two, three years away from, you know, being even contenders, even, you know, serious contenders. Carlson's only two years older than Panarin. Yeah. So, I mean, Carlson's coming really into the prime, his prime. He's 28. Yeah, he, I, I don't know. He seems like he's got a lot of miles on him <laughs> to me. He's been around for a yeah. while, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I don't know. I Just just knock it off with the Panarin stuff. Stop being so fixated on this one guy. Like, yeah, I, I, like I, he's not the only hockey player. No, no I, 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 there was something, uh, someone else asked me someone today about uh, um, Tivotir Vinen. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. Oh, I, it was our boy. It was he, he asked in the questions? Uh, AJ Capilano, our boy from Wings of Severance, the band. Uh, he he asked about Tavo Teravine, and I'm like, well, don't they have enough 
smaller side perimeter forwards that don't go hard to the net. Like they have that already. Why would Tevu come back here? Cause they're way worse now than they were when he left. Yeah. It's like going think, backwards. Honestly, I, I think that, I think that ship has sailed. I don't know if it was a burn bridge, but I think that, I don't know. I just, the whole thing, the whole story about how he was traded and yeah. um, it just seemed like they were in a hurry to get him out of Chicago and, and sure his game has improved overall since he left, but I, I don't know. I, again, there are, there are better players in the NHL than table Teravainen. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's not terrible, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's not the greatest player out there. I mean, and um, the other, and again, you know, he's, he, he's sort of like Schmaltz. He's a guy, he's like, is he a center? Is he a wing? You know, eh. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, and and I said, look how good it's worked with every Blackhawk they've brought back. <laughs> right. Not well. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, he'd turn it, you know, Teravina would turn into, you know, the second coming of Christopher Stieg, but, you yeah. know, or the second or third trip with Christopher Stieg or whatever, <laughs> or Jeremy Moore or whatever. I don't that's know. It. That's it. You said Versteeg. Now somebody's going to be talking about him tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, he's all, he's, he's in Carolina there. They, they have a ton of cap space. They have over 15 million in cap space and the cap will go up in the summer. So, um, they have a ton of cap space. They can afford to pay him. And he's playing on a line with one of the best young centers in the entire world in Sebastian Ajo. Like why, why, why would you leave that to come here? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's the, the these are all very good questions. <laughs> I personally, I think that the the rebuild is going to happen more through trade and drafting and yeah. and development of of prospects already on the you know within the system than free agency because it's going to free agency is going to be a tough sell for this team because it is no matter what they say publicly, it's pretty clearly in rebuild mode. And, you know, they're, they're at least a couple of ways, a couple yeah. of years away from contention again. And um, so that, it, that's going to be a tough sell in free agency. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know where I heard it, but I heard someone say it somewhere. Like I was just, you know, I, I was saying that or I, we've both actually been saying for a while now that like if the Blackhawks could get a high pick this year, this is supposed to be a very offensive heavy draft. And last year was, you know, defensive heavy draft. So this would be the year to pick up that next forward. You know, it may have to be a wing because he may be the best available, but it could be a wing or a center um, that's highly rated, highly talented, and uh, get him in the draft this year, which would complement what they did with, you know, getting Boquist last year. They got a highly rated defenseman last year. They get a highly rated off, you know offensive player this year, which could be that next, you know, Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, hopefully, or at least Jonathan Taves or, you know, the equal. Uh, for the next generation and, you know, grow with the Brinkett and Strom and all those guys. So like, it would be perfect if they could get, you know, an early draft pick this year. But then I hear, I, I, I think it was Laz on his podcast or it might've been uh, the Hawk talk podcast or whatever, but they're like, Oh yeah, well this is, you know, a loaded uh, offensive draft. And I'm like, yeah, we, we've been saying this for like months now, but whatever. Yeah. It just ticks me off. A jabroni of the uh, week, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, well, moving down the list, uh, the Hawks, uh, 
this is just kind of a snapshot of what they are. They're still sixth in the Central. They're 9-11-5, and five, 23 points, 25th overall. 25th overall in the league. Uh, goal differential is minus 22. Yeah, uh, that jumped out at me. Yeah. Um, they're 16th in faceoffs at 49.8, and they're dropping. Um, their penalty kill is tied for 28th in the league. Their power play is historically bad. They are 31st in the league, which is last. Yeah, that's the worst. They are the worst in the league by two by over two full percentage points. They're 12.3%. The next the next better team is at like 14%, 14.5% or something. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I remember, you know, a caller or, um, you know, a questioner a few weeks back, you know, questioned me about how I felt about being quote-unquote, wrong about Yoki Haru, um, and wrong about Dabrinkit. This is where I get to say I was right. Um, I'm, it's becoming fairly apparent that coaching maybe is not the problem with this power play. It, it, it may, in fact, be the personnel. And, um, you know, because you made the coaching change, and you went with a guy with, with Cowden who – um, you know, kind of made a mark for himself in Rockford in terms of, uh, you know, his power play philosophy and the, the effect it had on the power play there in terms of scheme. But I've been saying for the last couple of years, more and more, it's, I don't think it's the coaching. I, I think it's the players. I think the coaches try to instill, um, you know, schemes on the, on the power play. And I think that the Hawks fall back into the same crap year after year because it's how the star players want to play. And, it's just becoming painfully obvious. And again, um, you know, it was great when you had, you know, Brian Campbell and Dustin Bufflin and, and um, you know, a, a lot of the players who were, who were part of a much more effective power play in years past. Um, but uh, I don't know. It just seems like it's the same crap year after year with this power play. Well, and, and how long have we been saying they don't move? They, they don't just move. stand there. You know, Keith, Keith, Bang, you know, hits hits again in the in the shin pads if it even gets you know past that guy. But no one moves around. They pass super slow. They let the lanes close up. I mean, we've repeated. I've repeated this. I probably said this for three years at least since I had the the shoutcast years ago. That like they, you know, move faster. Move your feet. Move yeah. yourself. Move your feet. Right. Um, well, let me let me describe a hawk power play to you. <laughs> The puck goes. The puck goes from Keith to Seabrook to Kane. Um, you know, maybe down to Taves, back to Kane. Kane then circles around at the right half board. Stick handles, looks around. The other guys stop in their tracks. The defense adjusts and closes up all those passing lanes because the Hawks have stopped moving. Kane's still there, you know, circling and wheeling at the half board, and then Kane fires one right into the goalie's crest. That's our power. <laughs> and I love Patrick Kane. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And it could be because he's sitting there with the puck looking for somebody to, to move and get open mm-hmm. and they just stop. That's what it looks like to me. It looks like to me uh, that he's standing there waiting for someone to move to give him a lane or give him something. Yeah. And yeah. they're not giving it to him. And then eventually he just shoots, you know, from a terrible angle. But yeah. I mean, They've had so many different power play coaches. How could they all be right bad? Right. Like the numbers just don't line up. You know, right. you've got the same core players out there, you know, at least Taves, Kane, 
for the most part, you know, in Keith and Seabrook, those guys are, you know, the, the core players who have been there since 2010. It's got to be something going on with those guys. I mean, yeah. Keith shouldn't be on the power play anyway, but um, right. I don't, it's it's bad. It's super bad. Uh, they need to score power play goals is the bottom line. Uh, if, if they don't. It's McLovin super bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so goals for they're dropping you know remember they were like third in the league at one point uh they're down to 21st a tie for 21st yeah. um a goals against remember they were real high in that too yeah they're yeah. 29th now <laughs> so Corey crawford coming back to save their season not so not so much but hey we didn't say we didn't tell you or anything like that yeah it's, but you know what? It's not because, but I, I'm not, you know, we thought part of it, the reason he wasn't going to save him is that he wasn't going to be yeah. ready when he came back. I don't think that was the case. I think he was ready, but I think he wasn't ready for this defense. <laughs> well, even him being ready isn't enough. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, exactly. Man, I'm tired of being right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 89 goals given up, 29th in the league, 28th in shots against per game. Uh, that was, you know, they were, I think they were in the top 10 when they started. Now they're down to, you know, right down to the bottom there. Their possession numbers are actually are, are pretty good, though. I got to be honest. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're right in the middle of the uh, middle of the fray. But, um, you know, for, for this team, that's good. And their high danger save percentage is rising, actually. Well, and that's because that's because of Crawford. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they're Crawford versus Ward. Yeah. And right. they're but they're 23rd and five on five save percentage. So. Those are just some, I, I'm going to throw some numbers at people so they could kind of see what was going on. That high danger save percentage is pretty good, but, you know, it's yeah. uh, still, it's with, with this team. It, it's going to be a long year. Yeah, I mean, for sure. um, these I, these numbers are not likely to to change dramatically for the better. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe by the end of the year, um, there will be some improvement in some key areas if some of these younger guys start to come along. But I have a feeling over the course of this year, this roster is going to get younger, um, you know, less experienced and some some of the veterans who have been kind of the, the fingers in the dike. Um, hey, you know, for, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> but some some uh, some of the, you know, the guys have been kind of, you know, holding back the floodwaters, if you will, um, are going to perhaps be gone including possibly Crawford and, and it's going to get uglier before it gets better, but it's going to be that that's maybe the, I think in my opinion, that's the process they need to go through to come back really, really strong again, you know, like they did in 2008, 2009, 2010. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I left that, I left that arena so disgusted yesterday. I know you did. Yeah. Uh, hey, at least my, the good thing was is I didn't have to worry about what was going on in the game because I knew it was a shit show. So I just uh, was able to enjoy my uh, my little guy. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, I I had the lines for yesterday's game, but they've already changed, so it's not really you know that all that relevant. Um, but the the the, the, the Brinkett, uh Dylan Strom and Patrick Kane line was was a thing. Uh, yesterday, and I think that was still together in practice today, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, and then you said Berl- uh, Perlini uh, flip flop with Hayden, so they both went yeah. one to four, or whatever. I don't they they can't even keep Colleton's line straight. They they have them flip flop sometimes, and yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But, uh, yeah. So, uh, Yuki Haro was all actually all, uh, out both games. Uh, actually, they're out. He's out tomorrow. Is he out tomorrow? I, I don't know. Travel. I've, I've heard that he's sick. Yeah. He was sick yesterday's yeah. game. And then tomorrow he's going to be a game time decision. They said he's still sick. He was out of practice today. That's what happened. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And one quick other note, Brandon Davidson had knee surgery. He's out six to eight weeks. So, but <clears throat> not really going to kill this team. Anyway, let's get into some questions. What do you say? Yes. Cool. All right. Mike Murray, please discuss which of the five sacred Albatross contracts will be the easiest to move and when you believe it will happen. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Mike Murray. I actually I think we already talked about this. <laughs> the uh, it, it, That is if he if he uh, considers uh, Crawford or uh, Keith as all Albatrosses. Well, the, the yeah, I mean, if you're going to say five, I guess you have to. So assuming that the yeah the the contracts he's referring to are yeah. uh, Seabrook, Keith, Crawford, Taves, Kane, yeah, um, and all of them have no movement or limited no trades no trade clauses. I think Crawford is the one who has a limited no trade, which means if they ask him for a list of ten teams he would accept the trade to, he's got to submit it. Um, the thing to remember about no trade clauses and no movement clauses is they're not laws. What they are is it gives the player the right of refusal on a trade, even a no movement. Um, you know, they could come to you and say, look, will you waive to go to this team? And sometimes that does happen. Um, and in a situation like this where a player might have a chance to go to a cup winning, you know, a potential cup winning team, perhaps in his hometown um, or close to home and, and uh, we're in a, you know, in a market they want to be in, um, these these types of things happen. So. That, but that's one thing to consider. So you got to look at all those. You have to look at, um, you know, with Crawford, it, is a team willing? How much are they willing to gamble with regard to his recent injury history? Um, with Keith, there's the recapture penalty issue, which I believe the Hawks are still on the hook for, even if they trade him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an issue. But then well, that, again, yeah, that's the thing. Know. That's why they didn't want to originally um, trade Hosa and and right. It was it was the same thing. They're on the hook if they trade him. They got to pay that recapture, and he's signed till twenty two uh, the twenty twenty two twenty three season. So, right. So, but you know that's an issue <laughs> if he stays and he retires too. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, I was just looking at his contract. And I just I'm looking at the at the contract and and I noticed Brent Seabrook signed one year longer than Dungy Keith. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing with, with Seabrook. Sorry. It's really difficult to imagine. One, you know, because I, I, I did hear yesterday that they, that this, it's at least someone out there is saying that they think he could be moved by the first of the year. I mean, it seems like a situation where they would have to seriously sweeten the pot. It would be a little bit akin to getting Carolina to swallow the last year of Bickle's deal and throwing in Terravine hey, to get him to do it. Now, this is, <laughs> this is a much larger swallow than than uh bickles deal but the hawks could retain salary um you know and it, it depends on what they would be willing to give up to sweeten it i mean it's not inconceivable it's hard to see uh, to me the, the the probably the two guys i think that i could see you know in terms of contracts that are easy to move to answer the question probably crawford probably kane um because you know, Kane doesn't have the ties to Chicago that some of these other guys do. Um, he would be in huge demand elsewhere. 
And, you know, I think if you if you got a New York team or Buffalo or even Toronto, perhaps, you know, willing to, to pay big for him, um, he might he might agree to waive to do it. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not saying it should happen. I'm just saying I could see it. Yeah, I, I don't think Toronto uh, could could be into for that. They're they're going to be in cap hell real soon. Sure. Uh, with this Nylander thing and then Marner and uh, Matthews yeah. and, uh, you know, the, uh, Gardner. They're, they're, they're going to be in trouble. There's no way they're going to be able to afford all these guys. I, I did, uh, you, you've, you probably didn't see it, but uh, Elliot Friedman was saying uh, it's of his opinion that he thinks that uh, Nylander won't make it past, like, past the end of this year uh, is a leaf. I'd say that's, I, that's quite plausible. I mean, this you thing know, is dragged on. It's gotten gone very public. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. And you know, just even if they sign them, just they're going to have to get rid of them. So they're going to trade them, but yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I'm, I don't know. I, I I'm this, this kind of curious to me that, cause we haven't seen a player hold out like this before or it's been forever. Um, I want to see how this how this shakes out. I want to see something crazy happen, like you know, they trade him or he gets offer sheeted by a team or something like that would be awesome. I want to see that kind of drama because we don't have anything good going on here in Chicago. So I want to see some drama. I want to I want to watch Toronto uh, wiggle a little bit. So, uh, let's see. AJ Capilano, as I mentioned earlier, he said, what are the chances of Bowman getting canned? Still surprised Q hasn't started up with another team yet. Is it possible to bring him back if they do fire Bowman? And since uh, we don't have to worry about paying Schmaltz, is there a chance the Hawks can p- pursue Tevu as a free agent? That's kind of the, the Tevu thing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's a high, very high chance that Stan Bowman can still get canned. This thing goes as, as it's on the trajectory to go. Uh, yeah, you know, if, if it's in the, if it's in the, in the bucket by like, you know, the end of February when, when they have to start selling things off, um, I don't know. He, he could end up getting fired. Um, the Q thing I'm not surprised about. He's been, you know, employed for how long he's getting paid to do nothing. He's getting paid $6 million a year to do nothing. Yeah. Enjoy it. Like why rush into another coaching situation right now? There's always going to be coaching situations. He could write his check. Like right now he could just make $6 million to go down to the Bahamas or tailgate at a bears game or, you know, like why, why rush it? Unless there's like some hyper, like say, you know, the, the lightning or something were to do something crazy or, or something, and he could step into that and take them to the cup, you know, like like he did with the Blackhawks, kind of when they were young, maybe. But for right now, why 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 go to a team that's like a sinking ship that's probably you know resorted to firing their coach? Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, this is my I, I don't know. I, a scenario that I heard that, um, um, quite honestly, you know, mirrors something we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, clearly the the whoever gets hired as the GM in Philadelphia is going to want to hire their coach. Yeah. But I, I don't think there are many people who would be hired in that role for that team who wouldn't take a real hard look at Joel Quenville. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, every any team could probably, you know, outside of like a few, like five teams, uh, there are probably, you know, 
25 other teams in the NHL who could fire the coach they currently have right now and bring in Joe Quenville and be, you know, an upgrade. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, he can do whatever he wants to do. I, I am not surprised at all. In fact, I'd actually be disappointed in him if he, uh, you know, just took some, like, you know, like the Philly job, which is like you don't really know what you get, what you have with them. It's not like an established team that just needs a little push, like a little extra push. Um, I'd be kind of disappointed if Q didn't take it, take the time off and enjoy it with his family and, and, you know, do whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's me being an old guy. (laughs) No, I mean, there's, there's, there's an argument there. Yeah. So, you know, again, the the perfect situation could come around, but um, don't just jump at the first thing that's offered like uh, Ken Hitchcock. Uh, any other questions in there? Uh, being canned. Can, uh, can you bring him back if Bowman's fired? I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, because bring Mc... Q back. Yeah. No, no, that's not going to happen because McDonough would still be here. And unless God willing that, um, you know, they were let, uh, McDonough go, uh, McDonough's still going to be here. And McDonough's really the guy who probably did it anyway. I so, totally agree. You know, that's, yeah, yeah that's not going to happen. Right now, I don't think, you know, anything that's really going on, I don't know that Bowman's got 100% control of it anyway, so. I totally agree there, too. I think, you know, it's funny for all of the, and I'm not defending Bowman by any means, because I, like I said, I think he's more a symptom of of the problem than the problem. And I I think that, you know, the issue with the Hawk front office begins with John McDonough and some of the people he surrounded himself with. And, you know, Bowman's just, done the job as, as he best he can in light of the circumstances. And that's not an excuse for him because he's become part of the problem. Um, but, and I just, I don't know, I don't have a lot of confidence in, in this front office, especially with McDonough and some of the people around him for them to really make great decisions in terms of rebuilding the talent on the ice. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it may be what we're stuck with and we have to hope for the best. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I don't see I don't see Quenville coming back. No, and, I no. think there's a zero point zero chance of that. No. No. Yeah, I wish I had the zero point zero sound clip from <laughs> zero point negative zero. Yeah, uh, Clay Bandow, I think it's Clay. Um, are there any of uh, these defensemen recently drafted a stay home defenseman? The numbers. Uh, the draft picks are putting up sound good, but the team has nobody to replace Hosar Jalmerson's presence, uh, among others. Yeah. Um, I don't, not really. I mean, not the recently drafted ones. Like you were asking in our private chat today about Hillman, right? Yeah. Hillman and Gilbert are like the closest to being any anything as far as like a stay home or defensive defenseman. But uh, well, I, what's his name? Uh, Dahlstrom. Yeah, Carl. Yeah, Dahlstrom, but he, he he's really limited as a skater. Yeah, and you know he's like Michael Rosenthal. Upside, he's like class Dahlbeck 2.0. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I said Michael Rosenthal, but towards the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not the not Rosenthal when they got him. Rosenthal when when he broke his leg. Yeah, I mean Michael Rosenthal yeah. at one time was a really you know solid sort of four or five yeah. NHL defenseman. Yeah. Before he became the three the three wheel jewel shopping cart, um, <laughs> yeah. and even then he was he was you know he was smart enough that he could make at least make decent plays in spite of like zero mobility. But I you know 
the, as far as, you know, they've got, like, like we've talked about, they have two or three really exciting, young, small, left-side, puck-rushing defensemen. What, you know, what, what they don't have, they don't have a Nicholas Jalmerson anywhere. They don't have a Brent Seabrook anywhere um, coming up in, in their, in their pipeline. And to me, that's, that's a big need in this defense, you know, in, in terms of the future, they've, they've got to find one or two of those guys who can play the right side, block shots, um, lay some people out if they have to. I mean, you know, keep some, keep other teams honest coming across your blue line. Um, uh, I mean, Connor Murphy is sort of that guy, but, but he has some limitations too. Um, he, yeah. he's not going to be an elite player like a Jalmerson or a Seabrook, you know, and in, in their primes and, yeah. uh, they need that guy. And, and I don't know why Bowman just keeps sort of talking about these other, these, you know, five foot nine inch, 160 pound left side guys as being that the entirety of the future on defense, you need, you need those other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, to piggyback off of that question, this is, we can go f- further into this a little bit. Dan Metch on uh, Facebook his third question that he asked, we got some other ones too, but this kind of leads right into it. He says, explain again why they picked Boquist. Uh, maybe he's the second coming of 65, but are we not already rife with slickish skating defensemen who think they're wingers? Outside of Murphy, we have nobody under 50 years old that resembles a D-man. Why pass on Dobson or Bouchard? I'm throwing Bouchard in there. Seems like uh, you need a mix on a good decor. Excellent point, right? <laughs> That's pretty much what you just said. Yeah, I mean, you know, pick your poison. I mean, um, I'm not sure that Bouchard is quite in the in the level of at the level of uh, Bokvist or Dobson in terms of upside. I think Bouchard kind of is more of a finished product at this point, where those other guys, they they, they I think they have a higher upside. So so between. And I do think the Hawks liked Dobson a lot, and and I thought that's who they were going to pick actually, at uh, eighth. But they oh, up, but ended up falling, and Bowman will always it's if he's got to choose between a big player and a, and a small crafty player, he's always gone for the small crafty player, to a fault. Yeah, look at look at his wings, look at Debrinket. Yeah, you know Soderstrom uh, or Soderlund, not Soderstrom, Soderlund. Um, Anthony Lewis, uh, Vince, Vinny Hinestroza. They're all little tiny water bug guys, but. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think Bovik is going to be a really great player, but the, the thing is, is you've got to have, you know, guys who can, who can rush the puck up the ice and are creative offensively, but, but who can also, you know, take care of business in the defensive zone and, and, uh, not to say that those guys can't. I mean, Duncan Keith has done pretty well in all three zones over the course of his career. But, um, you know, you, you, you need guys who can defend regardless. And um, it remains to be seen of all these young guys, you know, are any of them going to be that profile of player in the NHL? I don't yeah, know. You know well, I don't think they have it yet. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean – I don't think that they didn't have the level of what Bokris is on defense, but they also didn't have the level of a Dobson on defense either. Um, I, he kind of swung and went for a home run. That's the way I look, look at it, you know, uh, take a chance on, on someone who's got out of this world skills and hope that he puts it together. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It, didn't I, he have uh, Didn't he have a concussion a couple of weeks ago? Yes, okay. he did. So that's like his third concussion. Mm-hmm. Man, that would really suck if you know he ends up being one of those guys who just gets knocked silly before he's able to really do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I just I wanted a Dobson or Bouchard uh, for the Blackhawks. I thought that you know he could be that next road grader, that you know Brent Seabrook in his prime, you know, just cleaning out the crease and laying hits and long bombs and the whole thing. That's what I was I was really looking forward to that, and I thought you know Yoki Haru or whatever, possibly you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, possibly you know like Ian Mitchell or something like that could have been you know that the freewheeling Duncan Keith maybe develop into that kind of thing. Um, that's what I would have liked to see in the next iteration of, you know, Keith and Seabrook because they're going to be legendary. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, Chelios and Suter or, or uh, you know, it was Chelios and Smith for a while. The, yeah. Those great, uh, you know, Blackhawks. Yeah. You know, Doug Wilson and Keith Brown. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, Keith Brown, I, I don't know, maybe some many of our listeners may not go back that far, but Keith Brown was that type of defenseman I'm talking about. More of us, what they call a stay-at-home defenseman, tough as nails, Steve Smith. And, I, God, I love Steve Smith. He was awesome. You <laughs> yeah. know, that kind of guy. Yeah, I like um, Steve Smith, too. They need they need one or two of those guys on their defense. And the game has changed, and I, and I get these lectures from these guys that are like, you know, on, on Twitter, like, oh, you don't understand, the game has changed. The game has changed somewhat, but the game hasn't changed that much. <laughs> it's hockey's still a contact sport. Blocking shots still has tremendous value, especially in the playoffs. Um, you know, um, the, phys- the you know the physical side of the game and the guys who can who can thrive in physical games and physical physical contests. Man, those guys have a lot of value, especially if they have some skill too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, look at look at how Chara has, uh, you know, extended his career by just being, you know, he's not fast. No, uh, he's not. You know, the offensive, but you know, defensively, he he still strikes fear into people. Yeah, at like forty years old, and he just because he's physical, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, give me Colton Pareko. Yeah, Pareko, Mikhail Sergachev. I mean, they're a young player. I mean, Josh Manson. Oh, People Josh Manson playing against him, you know? Yeah. Josh Manson. He just scored on a bomb tonight. I'd love to see his, uh, I'd love to see, uh, what was Manson's, uh, Charlie, right? That was his nickname. Charlie. Charlie that was yeah. his dad. Yes. Dave Manson. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see, see, see him come back here and, uh, play in the same sweater as, uh, his dad, Charlie did. Yeah. I mean, a, a guy that we haven't mentioned, but who's, who is a physical, difference maker of the highest order on, on defense has a few liabilities as a defenseman, but he still really makes a difference in many facets of the game is Dustin Bufflin. Yeah. You know, so there's another example too. I mean, and, and a guy with a hundred mile per hour cannon from the point, you know, um, Shea Weber when he was younger, I mean, PK Subban yeah. is, is a, is a tough as nails to play against guy, you know, so they let's go get a one or two of those guys, and then then we got something really exciting going on on defense with with the guys they have now. And I just want to mention one more that he always seems to get left out: Mark Edward Vlasic. Oh yeah, well, and Vlasic is a great skater too. Yeah. I mean he's mm-hmm. he's one of those guys who you know does so many things and, and under the radar because he's just good. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, he's he's an excellent defenseman. So he, he's one of those uh, that everyone forgets about because he's he's way out west. Yeah, but he's really yeah. good. So well, and he's like he's a little bit like Chalmerson, you know. Yeah, in, I in, put him in, in the same class. He's not noticeable because he doesn't break down very often. <laughs> right, right. You know, just does he the just, right. He just sport. does his job. Yeah, he just does the right small little things. Yeah. Does all of them. Yep. So he's kind of like the you know the 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 defensive. Uh, version of uh patrice bergeron right so all right uh two more questions from dan since we started with dan it seems that the quote-unquote vet jay referred to could have been crawford playing behind these defenseless uh these defenseless what is going to, to negatively impact his contract if he doesn't bail goalies don't typically fetch a great return but what do you think we could get for him I think we kind of talked about that. Any ch- any snowballs chance in hell of an actual NHL defenseman or just a couple of middling picks? I mean, yeah, you can get a guy that can be a starting goalie, a Stanley Cup, you know, winning goalie that's still playing at a pretty decent high level uh, could, could fetch you something. Well, and I think we've kind of touched on this in the past, but I'll repeat yeah. it again. I, I think that you got to kind of bookmark this question, <clears throat> excuse me, till February. And if if Corey has been healthy um, from now until then, um, if if he's still going out and you know assuming the defense in front of him is reasonably NHL level, and he's still going out and you know giving up you know one two three goals at most a game when when he's getting good defense in front of him and and you know still showing those you know that Corey Crawford skill which he still which he has shown since he's been back yeah. Um, then it's then it's you know a team makes makes the calculation okay he he probably can help us in the playoffs this year um, and that's that's what it's going to be he's got a year and a half left of his contract so a team is going to be looking at that and saying he can help us this year he can help us next year yeah that's that's what it comes down to then what are they willing to give up for him and what do the Hawks want um, I don't think that a team is going to give you an NHL ready top four defenseman because that same team is going to probably need that defenseman in the playoffs. Instead, I think what you could get is a for Crawford, assuming the team feels comfortable in his health for the next year and a half. I think you could get a late first round pick and a good defense prospect. You know, maybe a former first or second round pick who looks projectable as a, as a good NHL defenseman. I, I think you could you could that's probably what you could get from assuming other factors line up, you know, at that point in time in February. Yeah. And well, Philly has a lot of young, good young defensive prospects, too. Yes, they do. They have a lot yeah, they of them. do. Samuel Morin comes to mind. I think there's another guy they have, too. Yeah, they have a couple. I was looking down the yeah. list today. I was like, wow, uh, yeah, they're pretty stacked with uh, with draft picks. It's too bad they let their general manager go and not 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 get to see the end of his uh, or the fruits of his labor. But whatever. It's Philly, so whatever. You're being very on dude. Uh, last question from Dan. Uh, did we miss the boat on moving Keith already? Seems uh, Toronto has no need for a while, and we keep watching his feet get heavier, his brain gets slower, his shots get wider. Has the window of opportunity to fetch a return on him gone? There you go, Dan. He said he likes sending me tongue twisters, so... <laughs> I made it through. He did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it has. I don't think it has, but I, th- I think um, we'll see. I mean, again, that's another one that they're, you're going to have to sort of bookmark until February and see 
what he's playing like and what the demand is out there for veteran defensemen, you know, former Conn Smythe winner and two-time Norris winner, um, and, and how much teams feel that, you know, the fall off in his play is, is due to this team just being a, a dumpster fire or has his skill legitimately eroded that much. And I, I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have a hard and fast opinion on that. I'm not, I don't think his, his skill is actually eroded that much. I think it's just, he's, he's ill at ease in, in this situation and not, and not playing his best for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Well, you know, when people are playing bad around you, you tend to play bad as well. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, he's going to play phenomenal and the, the entire team around him is going to play terrible. It's kind of going to kind of go hand in hand, just like with Crawford, uh, you know, kind of going down with the rest of the team, you know? So anyway, yeah, but Hey, the cat's going to save us all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he saved the best for last. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I think the cat, the cat's probably the least of our problems right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I just want to a shout out to our boy uh, Josh, the uh, the official lawyer of uh, of the dashrink dot com. Mr. Hutz, yes. do you know you're not wearing any pants? I move for a bad court thingy. You mean a mistrial? Yeah, that's why you're the judge and I'm the law talking guy. The lawyer, right? <laughs> he asked the question just to just to, to to turn the screws to us a little bit. When is Panarin coming back? <laughs> Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna give a shout out to our buddy Justin Lowe from Hockey Buzz. Yeah, he uh, he had a uh, a tweet that I actually just retweeted a moment ago. Um, yes, the Hawks will have a little more money to spend this off season. No, I don't think Artemi Panarin is coming back here. Yes, I would like the Panarin back to Chicago Rivers to end already. The yeah. end. <laughs> exactly. I retweeted the same thing. I love Justin. <laughs> I like Justin a lot. I mean, I don't know him yeah. like personally, but I, I like him. Uh, he's a he's a really good guy, and uh, we yeah. got to have him on sometime. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I, I I've been thinking, um, we should we should try you know see see maybe get Block to come on, <laughs> Block or a Forklift. Yeah. Some of some of our old friends that want to talk hockey again, you know. <clears throat> Uncle Al, we got to get Uncle Al. Yeah, Uncle Al for sure. I'd love to have him on. There's there's probably a few people that it, that would make me nervous. And I don't know why Block would be one of them, and Uncle Al would be the other. I, I'm not sure why, just because I respect their work so much. I guess I don't know. I know it's kind of well, sappy, but Al will tell you what he thinks, yeah. even if he knows it's something you don't want to hear yeah. or you don't want yeah. other people hearing. He does not mince words, and Chris, to no. to a degree, is the same way. Block, yeah, yeah he he does not mince words. He says what he feels and and how he thinks about the situation. And and I, I've brought this up several times, but you can go back a couple of years when he was talking about uh, Carl Dahlstrom. And uh, the whole thing that went on with Carl Dahlstrom and how he thought that just, you know, Carl Dahlstrom was going to be traded the next day or something. How, how the Hawks were so mad at him and stuff. He does not mince words in that piece. It was actually really good. But, yeah. you know what, Dahlstrom's, you know, picked himself up and now made himself a, a useful part of this organization. So, yeah, good for in him. The, yeah, in, in, a, in a fashion, yeah. <laughs> He's useful <laughs> in Rockford, but, uh, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, that's for. Uh, didn't you say there was another question? Uh, question about Kane or something? Yeah, there was a there was a question on Twitter. The, the Twitters, um, you know, somebody asking, you know, would Kane be willing to waive 
um, you know, looking at where he's at in his career and what this team is facing the next couple of years, which is now, I think, you know, really, I think there's very few people kind of holding out that, that, you know, this is, this is a playoff team the next year, excuse me, next year or two. And, um, you know, I, 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 my response to the, to the tweet was, you know, very, very good question. And, um, that's that's another one you're gonna have to watch. Um, go, I, and I don't know what it is, and I could be dead wrong, but I feel like you know between the Wonder Twins, T- Kane and Taves, the one who I could see being more likely to waive, um, uh, and probably to bring back greater return would be would be Kane. And uh, um, so I would I would watch that situation as well. You never know. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. We, we're, I think we're going to see someone, uh, or I'm kind of hoping actually at this point in time, because the only excitement we're really getting is if a move, like an exciting move happens, yeah. right? So I'm, I kind of want to see yeah. some crazy stuff go down. Like, I want to see something happen. Like, I want to see a Corey Crawford trade. Not that I don't like him. I just want to see it happen. I think it's exciting. It's something to talk about. You know, it, it would rejuvenate me a little bit because, you know, watching this team suck and not, them not doing much of anything. Even the Dylan Strom trade for Nick Schmaltz, like, you know, lit the fire a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we may in a couple of years look back at the Strom deal and go, what a disaster. What were they thinking? Yeah. That's possible, you know. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I love because, you know, I, you know, I do do the rumor thing a, a little bit and make, you know, a little bit more than some other people do. And but at the same time, you know, in terms of the team that, that I love and I followed for decades, um, you know, the, the, when you, when you get to the rebuilding mode and selling off your assets, um, and trying to get maximum return, um, you know, you're doing that in, in hopes of getting back to the pinnacle as soon as possible. And so, yeah, I, uh, well, I like the activity. I really, you know, again, I want to see them make shrewd moves in terms of what they get back and get some yeah. assets that we can watch grow. Cause I mean, I remember, you know, when the Hawks got eliminated in 2009 in the Western Conference final, I think it was four or five games, five games versus Detroit. That was that was hard to watch. But at the same time, that was really exciting because it was all the anticipation of where the team was going. You know, you knew that team was going to win a cup. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so that's why it's like, you know, the, the Strom thing and the Perlini thing, I'm, I'm moderately excited about it. Um, but I'd like to have more you know, Boakvist, I'm very excited about. And so how, whatever it takes to get those types of players with their type of upside in more of them, because you need more than one of those guys, you need five or six of those guys to get serious about a cup conversation. Yeah. Let's, let's go find then, then, then this thing gets really exciting to watch, even if they suck for a couple of years, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't, yeah. I mean, based on history, I don't, I don't foresee it because uh, I don't think Bowman's been very shrewd about many things. Honestly, uh, he's been just handing out no movement clauses. He's just handing out extra million here, extra million there. You know, here I'll scratch your back on the backside if you take this deal for me, and then you know, yeah. he he hasn't always been that shrewd. I'm sorry, he hasn't. He's got a couple no, good tra- ones. His trades, his trades, you know, yeah, have not been overall that great. And um, you know, but we'll see. You know, I mean, I, again, I overall, I, I think that the trade, the Schmaltz trade, was probably a good trade. And uh, you know, he's the GM we have until we have another one. You know. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, well, I guess that does it, huh? I think that's it. Yes. No more questions. All right. Well, you guys can find all of our wonderful comprehensive content on www.thedashrink.com. You can find us on all the popular social media at the rink official at the Rinkcast. Uh, I am at Puck and Hostel. You are at Jekyll, J-A-E-C-K-E-L, on the Twitter machines. Uh, please, uh, I didn't get to check the uh, reviews. I don't think there are any new ones, though. Please, if you get a chance, rate and review us. Let us climb up the charts. It'll help help us get suggested, listen to more. I would hope that, since you're listening to us, that you want us to be listened to by more people. So if you could you could help us out by doing that um we'd really appreciate that or share it or retweet uh you know that when the podcast comes out we'd really appreciate it uh the more the better so uh uh the plugs um puckhockey.com i know john you were going to probably do that one too but uh get over to puckhockey.com use the discount code the rink get yourself a, a hat a hoodie uh flannel anything some nice warm stuff for the uh, midwest um, I want to. They do... had uh, through yesterday. They had a twenty percent off promotion at Puck Hockey, um, that has since expired. However, I think it's fairly safe to assume that they will resurrect some kind of a significant twenty um, percent off promotion betwixt now and December twenty sixth. Um, don't let that stop you from using that ten percent T H E R I N K discount, but. Uh, don't forget about puck hockey because in addition to, you know, looking pretty pimp in their gear, it's also just great quality gear, great warm weather, great cold weather stuff like the rink.com hoodie, the rink.com black and blue flannel. Um, you know, uh, they've got some great uh, beanies and scullies. They've got, uh, you know, uh, warm up jackets, et cetera. So it's, it's uh, go check them out. They're good people. Yeah. Oh, Peter Patter. Let's get at her. Super loop. Uh, yeah, and like, support us, you know? Hey, get, get a t-shirt, get a ring t-shirt, get our name out there. If, if, if nothing else, I mean, it's uh, it's helping spread the word. So if you like what we do and you like to listen to what we're providing you on the podcast and how our group or our group of writers is growing, uh, you know, help us out. Um, I got one more, the Sean and Maya in the morning show. You guys might have seen that this week. Uh, they uh, they had me call and talk hockey. Um, let me give a shout out to them. They're really cool. Uh, they know their hockey too. So, uh, you know, they were, they were testing my knowledge, I think. And, uh, I hope I did all right, but, uh, I want to thank them for asking me to come on. Uh, maybe in the future, you know, we'll, we may have a couple other of the rink writers on, maybe Mario to come on and talk about things or something like that. But, uh, yeah, we really enjoy what, uh, or being on with them. So, uh, you got any more, uh, shout outs or anything uh, i don't got crap <laughs> and i've been doing all the shout outs all right cool well uh thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download us and support us until next episode see you on the way.